0: Welcome back to Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'm Chris in Detroit, and man, I'm excited to be back. Uh, It was a long break. The World Cup happened. Congrats to Argentina, I guess. Um, Congrats to Randall Colomuani in France on another exciting run to another final. Um, But that's not what we're here for. That was fun for a little bit, but... Uh, we're here for Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in Germany, the greatest club in the Bundesliga, Europe, etc., cetera, et cetera, the galaxy, the greatest club in the universe. Um, it's a new year. We got a new lineup for you right now. Um, but before I get to the new panel, uh, I want to mention the socials. Uh, get in touch with us because we got some really cool stuff coming in 2023. I finally got some website stuff figured out. Took a little time during the break. Did some web development research, learned how to run a website. It's kind of cool. But if you want to volunteer your experience, um, hit me up on Twitter at C&D313 because I need some help. I'll throw you some free swag for it. Uh, but hit us up on our social media accounts on Twitter at H-E-F-P-O-D at HalfPod. Um, on Instagram, Hey, i Track Frankfurt. Matt does a great job with that page. We've got some new ideas for what we're going to do here in 2023 to make things more exciting. Uh, we've got a couple events, live events. Uh, we're working on one in New York. Uh, we got some, some live game watch parties we're going to be talking about. So uh, if you have a watch party coming up, hit us up on social media. Uh, go to our website, www.hefpod.com. Uh, We've got a map there where you can submit the location where your watch party is taking place. Give us that information. We'll put it out on air. We'll put it out on the social media pages and uh, spread the word about the greatest club in the world. Uh, Speaking of the greatest club in the world, this is the greatest panel in all of Bundesliga English podcasts. And we decided for 2023 we're going to make it better. Uh, The gentlemen joining me today have been on the show before. I've had a lot of fun talking to them one of whom I had a lot of fun drinking some beers with recently. So we decided, hey, let's get some fresh perspective. And since Brian is not here, uh, we can do an all Midwest podcast today. So I am going to send the mic across Lake Michigan to the great states of Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, My friends, Jason and Miles, welcome both of you officially uh, to the half pod panel. Miles, how are you doing?
1: Good. Great. Great to be here, finally. Um, out in Minnesota, we are uh, having some rain here today, actually. So uh, a little bit mixing it up from the snow.
0: Change it up. What about you, Jason? How are things going there?
2: Great. Same uh, same here in Wisconsin. Just rain all day.
0: <laughs> you know, I watched it coming across on the radar earlier. Uh, you know, I love to obsess over my lawn. And I'm seeing the green grass and we got sun three days in a row for the first time. And it started to do that thing where it's like, is it spring? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, baby, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. We got three more months of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, been a, it's been a mild winter here. It's strange. I don't know what to think
0: about it. Um, you know, there's discussions for all that another time. But I got this fancy snowblower last year. I've used it once. I'm just kind of disappointed. I want the snow. All right, so let's get to business here. Um, Before we get into Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, as a soccer podcast, as a global football show, it's important that we hit on a sad subject uh, from our sport on December 29th. Sorry, the 28th uh, here in the States. uh, We got word that the greatest football player of all time, Pele died, uh, age of 82. I'm only 38 years old. I never had the good fortune of seeing him play in person. Um, but if you really want to go down a rabbit hole of really epic videos, go to YouTube, search Pele's greatest hits. Uh, I'm a hockey guy. That's really at the core where my love of sports started. And for me, the gold standard of domination through statistics was always Wayne Gretzky. Um, but on the soccer side of things, it really doesn't get better than Pele. Um, 700 club matches, 655 goals between Santos and the original incarnation of the New York cosmos (sighs) guys. I know it's like, it's history, but it's cool history. Uh, what that guy did to revolutionize the game. Do you have any memories of Pele or, you know, uh, a moment from history that stands out is like, nobody could ever top that.
1: You know, for me, it was just, you know, I, I wasn't super into soccer when I was a little kid, but if you asked me a soccer player, uh, that that's who I knew, you know, I too was a little bit, a uh, little bit young to, uh, really see him on the field, but, you know, I kind of think everyone had heard his name, just like a Gretzky, a Jordan. So, uh, it was great to see the support out there from, you know, globally too, um, afterwards.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean the Jason. work that he did as an ambassador for the game is just—it's—it's it's untouchable. Um, I mean, he even wrote a really good book called "Why Soccer Matters," uh, which, if you get a chance to read it, take a look at it. It's—it's um, it's really good the way that he organizes it um, and just kind of talks about the game and how you could tell just in the in the reading it how much he loved the game.
0: Yeah, you know they kept during the World Cup it was well known and. I think, you know, as much as we complained about the Winter World Cup, um, this might have been a very appropriate time as he was getting ill and coming to the end of his life. It was an opportunity for the sport to be recognizing on a daily basis, the daily updates on his health and tributes coming in from current and former players around the world on different um, feeds to different countries, just the real global impact he had at a time when sports was not global. I mean, right now I can watch any league from the smallest country to to the Bundesliga. I can watch any league I want with a couple clicks. Back then you had to search that out. It wasn't on TV. You might see a newspaper score. Uh, I mean, I was born in the 80s. And until 2006, I think, all of my Bundesliga watching was watching the newspapers for scores and Pele was that first player when the the World Cup was shown globally in color, and Brazil in the bright yellow kit um, to say, that's the guy, that's the gold standard for this sport. Um, You know, we compare every basketball player to Jordan, we compare every hockey player to Gretzky, every football quarterback will be compared to Tom Brady going forward. Pele was that guy for football, and we we look at guys like Mbappe or uh Ronaldo or Messi and they say, Oh, how does he compare? Tony, none of these guys. None of these guys have the skill set and that wow factor that Pele had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly he was the measuring stick. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think um I think it's something where he was part of a transitional generation from a older, ancient game to a modern, more exciting game to watch. And every sport needed that. And we can't underestimate the influence of him coming to New York for how many um false starts we've had in American soccer, thinking that we've arrived, thinking that our league will hold, or uh we've got the next great thing coming. We've had that false start time after time. But Ever since he came in, I think there's been an understanding that, well, it might not be the biggest sport in this country. It matters. And for me, I, I'm a grateful for that, um, opportunity to have him here in the States and say, Hey, the greatest player of all time spent three years here in the United States. I think that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, for so, sure. So, Let's get back to On Track Frankfurt. Uh, It's been a long break. Our last match um, feels like months ago. I think really, in reality, it's been about 50 days now. Uh, World Cup in the middle. We had lots of guys traveling, playing that. We'll have some web extra content reviewing the World Cup, if you want to read that. Um, But the boys are back in town, and it's going to be quite an interesting start here. Um, We've got 22 minimum as Brian mentions, minimum 22 matches to go. Uh, We got 19 in the Bundesliga, one in the Pokal. Uh, We got Darmstadt coming up. uh, I think that's in February, right? Um, And then Champions League, of course, Napoli, home and away. So every competition is still on the line. And, you know, this winter transfer windows being kind of weird, Right now, uh, I'm going to go to the expert who teaches me everything, keeps me up to date on all the happenings in the transfer world. Miles, what do you got for me? What's the word on the street as it relates to the transfer market?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously lots of, lots of talk. Um, Krusha has is kind of back paddled on his statement last year of you know not keeping guys in their final year of contracts. Um, now he's saying, hey, I won't be selling any key players, which is great. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, obviously, what we've heard a lot recently is in Dika and in Kamada. Um, from what I've read, I don't really think that's happening until um, you know after this season. So, um, right play there in my mind, though. Uh, we we need them to get to get in that Champions League slot uh, in Bundesliga this year. Um, Do you think,
0: sorry, one second. Do you think that the fact we're still alive in three competitions is part of that reversal in in direction? Because if you had asked me 12 months ago or 18 months ago when he kind of took the reins, um, where we were going to go, nobody expected a Europa Cup. Uh, Nobody expected us to be in any measure alive and thriving in three major competitions at the same time, I think it's a matter of not just, you know, I'm not naive enough to think we're going to win any hardware yet, but I think the fact that you're alive in three competitions, you want to play the part. If we go off selling guys right now and we're spending the next 10 weeks trying to retool, it's going to really reflect bad on us as a club. Don't you think Jason?
2: Oh, yeah, totally agree. I think that right, you know, during this January transfer window, it's just sort of a let's maintain the course and wait until after the season because the fact that we are still in three competitions makes us more attractive to possible players coming in, you know, knowing that they're coming into a team of this caliber.
0: And of course, people aren't going to come in midpoint in the season to ride the pine either. You bring somebody right. in and you spend money on them. They take a chance on you. They're coming to play in Champions League. They're coming to compete uh, for the Bundesliga, for the Meister Schala, And they're not going to sign on with a, hey, yeah, we'll see what happens. They're going to sign on because this is where they want to be. Uh, the problem is we got to find a slot for them. Um, Miles, what are you hearing about Randall Muani I know I've said... Uh, the price at about $1 billion because <laughs> <laughs> I I think everything that we are right now uh, goes through his feet and I don't want to I don't want to change that yet I'm not ready to say goodbye
1: yeah I mean from what I've read and and from what Khrusha said you know he's not going anywhere right now not even for what I, I think he said 100 million euros uh that that he's not going anywhere and and Kolo Moani doesn't seem to want to go anywhere either um, I, you know, I think personally the club's, you know, kind of waiting for him to get to the point where he says, Hey, I'm ready to move on and they can mutually, you know, make some money at that point. But, um, uh, from what I've read, it's, it's not happening right now. So he doesn't appear to be the type of player
0: who, whose eyes are bigger than his stomach. So to say, I think he knows that, you know, the tape is relatively short on him, uh, especially when he compared to what Luka Jovic put on tape. Uh, before we sold him to Real Madrid um Colomani's tape is a little bit shorter, and there's a lot to prove now he was about two inches of an Argentinian goalkeeper away from doubling his value overnight uh when he nearly won the world cup for France but i think I think I agree with you that there there's not going to be any depreciation here. his value is kind of um there' the basement price for him. Uh, Even if he goes cold for a bit, has reached a certain point where we're not going to lose value. We only have value to gain from this point forward. And considering that we paid literally nothing for him, um, I think it's fine to sit on that and see what happens.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Well, it's a, it's a similar situation, too, uh, with Lindstrom. He, he's, uh, you know, there's been talk about him. Arsenal was interested in him. Um, and he, he's basically said, hey, you know, I'm flattered, but uh, I, I want to grow here at Frankfurt first before I'm, I'm ready to move on to that situation. So I, I think we've got a few guys like that that, that know that they want to grow here or know they need to grow here uh, before they're moving on to that next step for, for them. And, and hopefully maybe it winds up being here after all, so yeah.
0: And another one that was mentioned, possibly on the way out, uh, Luca Pellegrini. I don't know about you guys. I've kind of given up on him personally, and you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just stuck on this. He's never scored a professional goal thing, and it just feels like he's trying too hard when he's out there. When he sits back defensively, I like the way he plays. Um, but that's not his style. His style is more um, aggressive, a more forward-thinking kind of player, and I don't know. uh, This kind of leads into our our next issue here with Tuta. Uh, He was injured during a test match out in Dubai at the winter camp. Um, I'm a little concerned about the back line. We already were slightly thin, and now with rumors about Pellegrini and Dika uh guys that are more experienced defensively guys what where do we need to strengthen i think we all agree it's the defense um jason where are you in this uh process are we comfortable just sitting with what we have or is there a position where you want to go out and spend more
2: uh definitely i'd say center backs and like holding midfield you know um well, we were playing a three back for a couple of the matches before the break, and we had Yakic in the center there in the in the middle of that three. Um, yeah. So and, and with Indica possibly leaving in the summer, we definitely need to be looking for, you know, I'd say two. <laughs> I would prefer two solid choices for center back, um, especially just given the fact that we also have other players who are going to be leaving. You know, Rhoda's getting up there and was talking about possibly retiring within the next year or two. Hasebe, of course, is retiring at the end of this year, I believe. Um, so then, you know, you start looking around who, who could possibly, who could we afford to put back there right now um, or in the summer, you know, depending on what plays out with Ndika and Kamada. So, but definitely defense.
0: What about you, Miles? I know it's defense. Have you eyed any players that you want?
1: Um, you know, defense for sure. I, I haven't really seen any particular players. You know, it's for me right now, it's, it's do, do we need to backfill anyone right now um, in this winter transfer window? I know we're running out of time, or can we wait until summer? Um, that, that really is the big thing. Uh, I know Pellegrini, he is staying, um, which is, you know, nice to have that. Um, he, he's obviously not, uh, in, in that, uh, the back line, but he's staying, uh, Juventus said, no way, uh, they, they didn't want him going to a competitor this year. So that's great. But I did see, interestingly enough today, uh, there's all these Bore rumors have started cropping back up and we thought those kind of died down. And I'm wondering if those are starting to come out there, um, you know, after that Tuta injury of, Hey, we need some money to, to maybe we can uh, bolster that back line. So might be me speculating or dreaming. I don't know, but, uh,
0: were the rumors back so, in South America or are we talking
1: here in Europe? Um, you know, I, I would have to uh, double check. I did not recognize the team. It, it sounded, uh, either Italian or South American. I wasn't sure at the time <laughs> right. it didn't have a link to the club.
0: Um, so, moving on from potentially heading out, um, you know, Jason, you just mentioned our aging players, especially midfield players. Uh, we've got a guy with the club right now, Ansgar Knauf, who came yeah. in last year. There's no doubt. Um, he was a huge player in our run to the Europa League Championship. Um, he kind of found himself on the outside looking in early this year. Do we sign him? Do you think we should consider signing him? Um, I'm kind of of the, the opinion that the second half of the season is not for tryouts. Uh, it's for, you know, earning, earning your spot on next year's team if, or as a starter if you're a young player. Uh, but he's more experienced. You know, he's young by age, but he's experienced. I feel like we need to offer him a contract and then commit him to the pitch or we need to make it very clear that you know, thanks for your service. Um, time to move on.
2: I think. I, I mean, I I would prefer we try to sign him. <laughs> I know Dortmund are already looking at you know, looking forward to him coming back. Um, and there was an article just recently that came with an interview with him where he said basically, no matter what happens, he you know, he's gonna win. You know, either staying at Frankfurt or you know, returning to Dortmund, he's going to, he's going to be all right. Um, but it was interesting. Yeah. I think the last couple of matches before the break, he played sort of a, that left wing role. Um Whereas, you know, he used to be sort of on the right, but Abimbe was doing so well on the right. Canal ended up on the left. And I thought he did fairly well for the, for the few matches before the break.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, Ibimbe early in the year, got a couple of spot starts early, kind of struggled in some of those early games um, but really came on the last month, October to November, and I really liked what he did. Um, but we also got money tied up up front in guys like Lucas Olario, who I don't know. Um, at, we're we're kind of at a point with a couple guys. And we we've got a couple older ones that are Bundesliga veterans, and some of them have been with our club a long time, uh, but they're not productive. I mean, God bless him. I'm wearing his Jersey at the moment, Timothy Chandler. I love him, but you know, now we're infusing this roster with some younger guys that I just, I'm having a hard time making that transition from guys who I fell in love with because they were loyal to us versus making that move to some younger players, maybe lesser known. Um, And Bimbe is obviously going to get more time canal if I would like to see but I don't want to do that if there's a younger player signed for more time who could be available to us, too. Um, another signing we had, I don't think he's ready yet, but uh, Paxton Aronson uh, from Philadelphia, we signed him during the break. He's with the club um, and he's available to us right now. And, you know, he's only 19 years old coming out of MLS, though, he's very highly touted but also someone under the radar. That's a midfielder that has high upside, but we almost know nothing about what we're getting at the moment. And I think when we're in three competitions right now, I'm a little impatient as far as let's see what happens. I want results, you know, starting this weekend, I want results, but how patient do we have to be to let this transfer process play out? Or are we pretty confident, you know, we're moving past Ilario and, you know, making the youth movement official? I don't know where I'm at with
1: that. Miles? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a pretty bad call, I guess, on our part if signing Ilario, if we're already done with him, you know, now. I, you know, I think if Boré goes, it's it's great to have Ilario in our pocket right now. But, um,. You know, it, it's definitely not. It, we're, we're definitely in this precarious position we've never been in before, right? It's um, do we have the money to sign now? If, you know, when when he's you know uh, when Dortmund's going to be asking probably quite a bit. Um, right. You'd have to imagine Leipzig or somebody might be willing to pay you know more for him. So I think we definitely need to really you know step back and look at what what do we need? Um, what do we need for you know? this roster, is it back line right now? I, I think we have a lot of really good young guys um, you know, up front and and attacking midfield. I think we're we're pretty good there. So I think that's sort of the, the juggling that we need to do right now as a as a club. You know how
0: we can afford more? Qualify for Champions <laughs> League by finishing top four. That's how we yeah, exactly. do whatever we want. And it's you know it's the chicken or the egg debate because if you spend now and you don't make it you just set the club back several years. Uh, you spend now when you make it, everyone pats you on the back because you made the best decision. And, you know, it, it's got to be this delicate dance between between Crosha balancing the books and Glasner determining what he needs to do week in and week out to get them prepared. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I want to go back to the days of relegation battles, but it made it very clear what the objective was, and that was survival right now the objective is kind of in that gray area where you're not sure if you're good enough to push. um, But you're also, as a fan, you always want to push, right? But as the analytical side, you're not sure if you want them to push or you want them to just be comfortable, survive, and we'll see what happens next year. Um, I'm of the opinion that we need to do what we did last year and focus on the easiest way to get back to the Champions League. Last year, we knew the easiest way to reach our goal was to focus on Europa League. This year, because of the, the way the Bundesliga has played out so far, I think our best chance of returning to Champions League is to focus all of our efforts on the Bundesliga. If you had to pick one competition, Jason, where would you focus your efforts?
2: Bundesliga. Definitely. I, I would. Yeah, I think right now, just the way that the Bundesliga has shaped up this season, um, I, I fancy our chances more in the Bundesliga than I do in Champions League. Um, I mean, we've played well, but going up against Napoli is going to be a tough one. Um, whereas, you know, taking a look at how the teams that were at the top of the table are now struggling and, you know, we've had a really good season. Um, so I would I would prefer to focus on the Bundesliga
1: uh miles what about you yeah i'm i'm right there with you um i i've been kind of espousing that you know uh, most of the season too like let's let's get back to to champions league via via bundesliga and and, and keep this uh <clears throat> kind of train going but would love to see us do something in the pokal too so um you know, I, I think we can kind of, uh, we, we can kind of see what we do there. Um, it'll be definitely a tough game against Darmstadt, um, to, to get through that point. But, but Bundesliga is definitely where, where we need to go. We need to get the, get back in there, get that money.
0: I Can't believe we agree. It's a lot easier this way. <laughs> 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 All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, before we do, let's talk about what we're drinking. Cause it's been a while, uh, I'm on a semi-dry January because you know I have to keep this podcast uh, infused with a, a light amount of alcohol. Uh, it's semi-dry, so tonight I'm on a Canadian Club whiskey with Verners. Uh, nothing cures the winter blues or cures anything really, for that matter. Like Verners, uh, I know Miles, you can attest to that one
1: <laughs> for sure. Uh,
0: what have you been drinking uh, lately?
1: Well, currently, I'm uh, out of my Eintracht mug. I'm drinking some Chibo coffee from my Chibo espresso machine. But um, lately, you know, all over the board, you know, I've been usually I'm into IPAs, but I've been getting out of that and more into kind of hoppier pilsners. Um, I wish I could get a Yaver around here, but uh, that'll have to wait in about a month.
0: (laughs) Jason, what about you? What's flowing in Wisconsin right now?
2: Well, so my favorite beer is really difficult to find right now for some reason due to the the global economy. Um, it's a Belgian triple called Trippel Carmelite. Um, so I picked up a six pack of Surly's um, Controlled Chaos. So right out of there in Minnesota, um, it's a it's a good IPA, a little bit stronger, but just over seven percent, but it's 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 nice.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, You know, it's funny because we around uh, my house, we like to theme our food and drink around the sporting events that are on. And the World Cup is usually our go to, you know, whatever game is on during mealtime, we're going to cook a meal or have a drink that's um, related to one of the teams that's playing. This year, I couldn't keep up with all the matches um, happening during the daytime. I couldn't keep up with it. So I think I'm going to do it uh, this spring. As we get back into the football mix, I'm going to start drinking beers in relation to uh, where the matches are being played. So I'm going to come up with a drinking game for it. I'll put it out on the socials. I talked about it with, I don't remember, one of our previous guests. Uh, We're going to come up with an Eintracht Frankfurt drinking game because something tells me as things get down to the wire, we're going to need it. Uh, So that's it for segment one here, episode 250. Miles in Minnesota, Jason in Wisconsin, and myself, Chris, in Detroit. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back, segment two. Hey On Track Frankfurt. Miles, Jason, Chris here with you. New year, new panel. Same on Track Frankfurt. Winning. Uh, top four in the Bundesliga right now, alive in the Pokal. We talked about it in segment one. Three competitions. Uh, we all agree the Bundesliga is going to be the focus or should be. Uh, so let's look at the schedule a little bit, see what's coming up here out of the break. So, obviously, this weekend uh, we open up with Schalke, which is, you know, Schalke. We, we should handle them, but we tend to struggle with teams that are below us, especially coming out of the break. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get from that one. But we're going to have our eyes looking forward, I think, um, because they, they're going to come pretty quick after that. We got Freiburg at home and Bayern um, in a matter of 96 hours. So, three matches, seven days. Um, Freiburg is sneaky, and Bayern, we know exactly what we're getting from them. So, there's no, you know, feel your way back into this. It's kind of unprecedented with the two-month layoff, almost two months. um, But we're going to have to figure it out, and I think Schalke might be a safe one. We're going to get into our predictions for that. But as you guys look at the schedule coming up, Schalke, Freiburg, Bayern, Hertha, and then the Pokal match against Darmstadt. Uh, for me, the one that has my ears up the most is Freiburg. That team scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason, we'll start with you. Is there a team in the Bundesliga at large that uh, your eye is on as we open the, the second half of the season here? Who's your surprise yeah. team? Um, who do you favor to win at all?
2: Well, Freiburg is just—they're having an amazing season. Um, I think that one—if we can go in there and do well—I think that'll be kind of good, sort of foreboding for the next couple of weeks, or at least side of, you know, starting us off on a decent, positive note. Because um, we even—you know—I was reading somewhere. I think Frankfurt do better actually in a little bit in away matches than they do at home, which is kind of surprising given the home atmosphere. But um, the Bayern match, I think, would be an interesting one given their goalkeeper problems um, and the injuries uh, that they've got with uh, some of their defense.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Freiburg has the longevity to catch Bayern. They're only, I think, four points behind. Um, But Freiburg isn't, they're not a surprise in the sense that You couldn't see it coming because for years they've been building up. Uh, they have a solid midfield, a solid offense and just, I would argue they get more with less, um, less resources than any other team in Germany. I don't know if they can catch up to Bayern, Um, but I'm just interested in the fight. I mean, to have so many teams in close proximity at this point, uh, I think Leipzig is a paper tiger. I think ourselves and Union are too far, but a couple matches either way. Uh, Miles, if we can pick off uh, Bayern coming up at Allianz Arena in a revenge match, does that open a door for us? If we win that one, assume scratch, you know, until then, in a few weeks, if we can beat Bayern on the road, could we be within four points of the lead
1: yeah, you know, I, I think it's one of those never say never situations, and, and we got to do what we can to keep ourselves in it. But you know, and and uh, all all reality, my my brain says, "Hey, no, we're, you know, we're we're not going to catch him at this point." Um, but you know, certainly we we got to try. Uh, we're we're as close as we've ever been, right? Yeah.
0: Well, except for that last day many years <laughs> back, <laughs> um, I I agree with you. I think we're a little too far right now but I think we're well positioned for it. Uh, When we struggled at the very start of the year uh, opening up against Real Madrid and then the Bayern home match with all the fanfare that came along with that, it was just an, it was a weird set of circumstances because we're not accustomed to that spotlight. That wasn't the, that wasn't the Frankfurt. We knew we were going to get and, Honestly, I don't think, especially Miles, you and I as Lions fans were never surprised uh, at getting blown out in a game that we expect uh, to be a little closer, but it didn't break my heart so much because I knew that wasn't really us. And now coming out for the second half of the season, um, I look forward to the opportunity of opening against Freiburg um, or in the second matchback against Freiburg. If we can beat Schalke handedly, And have that confidence uh, going to Freiburg and Bayern on the road. Freiburg is on the road, right? Uh, Yeah, Freiburg is on the road. So back-to-back away matches, 96 hours apart. I'm not going to call it a win yet, but I'm going to say we're going to know everything about our attitude um, going into the second half before February 1st. And... Then the match against Hertha and Darmstadt, those are going to be fun. Uh, we don't hit Champions League until late February. February 21st, we have Napoli at home. And then the following week, the 28th, um, on oh, I'm sorry. They changed the schedule on that one That because now they're doing the wider windows. So the return down in Napoli is not till March 15th. So... There's a lot of time, Jason, before we're going to see those other competitions. Um, I think it goes to our point earlier about focusing right out of the gate on Bundesliga being the top priority. How do we feel about Champions League? Are we at the point where we say, thanks for having us, you know, we made a a great showing? Uh, Or do we have an opportunity to compete with a draw that's probably in our favor compared to a couple of the other options that were out there?
1: You know, those games around, you know, Napoli, I, I, I think you put, put what you can into them and, you know, I, I don't think anybody, uh, aside from us, you know, expects us to go in and be able to win. I think you're, we're going to be the underdogs, uh, just like we were in Europa last year. And I, I think, you know, I, I think we can pull out a win um, or two draws, but to me, it, it feels like it's going to be one of those where we just can't overcome them and it's, uh, you know, a, they win on penalties or something like that. But that that would be a great result for me, uh, just with how great a form they've been in. I, I think what best form in all of the world, basically. Um You know, there's no reason we should roll over uh, going into those. Uh, I think the the hardest match we've got um, in Bundesliga around those is uh, Leipzig and uh, Union.
0: Union, another one that's hanging around. Jason, what do you think our Champions League outlook looks like?
2: Yeah, I'm... I'm hoping for, you know, the best, I think, you know, if we could, if we could eke out a win um, in a way, win would be great. <laughs> um, I know that they got rid of the away rule, but I still think that we, we do, you know, we tend to shine a little bit when we're traveling. Um, but definitely, I don't think we should just kind of like roll over and be like, well, it was a good run. Um, and, you know, now we're going to focus on the Bundesliga. I would still like us to try and compete. Um, but I think, you know, as Miles said, I'd, you know, best case i I guess draws um, would be good because um, Napoli are just I mean what they've they've lost only one match in uh, Syria
0: yeah i I think it's a scenario kind of like you said earlier, where um, we play better on the road than at home, I think especially in the cup competition where the European Knights and Frankfurt are just so overwhelmingly emotional and high-pressure situation, you go on the road, you have nothing to lose. Uh, we play a more open and free-flowing game that way. We did it all last year on the cup run. And mm-hmm. this is, for the most part, that exact same that exact same lineup. And I think the longer we're in this tournament, the more experience we have under our belt, the more it's going to play out in our favor. Um, but that's, you know, that's why it's on the schedule. I don't necessarily like the fact that they're, three weeks apart now either. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on this. I like the idea of playing one one week and then going straight to the away match, the next one. Uh, Do you have a preference on that or does it matter at all?
2: I think for me, just given the fact that we've got some depth issues in the squad, um, I would prefer the one right after the other. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, because I would hate to see something happen with an injury in between those, those matches. I would just prefer to, you know, one boom next week let's do it um i
0: agree 100% i and the the revenge factor too when it's fresh in your mind if you played a bad game in in the opening fixture you get that second leg just a week later to me that uh, is a little more you get that sense of urgency a little more especially if you're the the team that's down in in the um on the scorecard
1: yeah miles Yeah, for sure. Same, same, same story here. Uh, Get them, get them knocked out back to back and, and uh, have that uh, kind of fire in your belly to, uh, to win. Agreed.
0: But we don't make the schedule. We just sit here and watch the games, right? (laughs) All right. So uh, not just one team, uh, not just two teams, but three teams uh, that we cover on this show. Let's go to the Frauen, Um, the women of Frankfurt, had a hot start to the season, a little bit of a cool down, then they warmed up again. It's kind of been a roller coaster, uh, but of course, that's what Frankfurt does best, of course. Um, it's been interesting since the women got knocked out of the Champions League before the, the Bundesliga even started, kind of some down thoughts and down feelings about the way things played out but they made a nice recovery. Uh, we're struggling with the top of the table right now. We're sitting seven points back, 22 matches to be played, uh, 10 matches into the season. We're sitting on 23 points. That's seven behind Wolfsburg, who's a perfect uh, 30 points out of 30 possible. And Byron sitting in second on 25 points, who we seem to play well against. Wolfsburg tends to you know, just give us a tougher time. Um, so the women will be back, uh, in February. I think it's interesting the way this has been set up. There's two friendlies coming up before league play begins against Wolfsburg and Leverkusen. And for me, those are not, um, those are not unintentional. You want to compare yourself to the teams you're chasing in the table, uh, especially Wolfsburg. Um, I'm kind of curious. I think we're healthy again. Uh, how we integrate Shakira Martinez, who's my favorite player on that roster, to get some more strength up front. Um, the, most of the play coming from the outside is, I mean, it's been what's worked the last couple of years, but we need some size and power in there because Laura Freigang is getting double teamed in the inside the box. She's not getting the open look she got the last couple of years. I need more strength up front in Shakira Martinez. Um, But we got a couple more weeks before we look at that. Uh, You guys got anything to throw in on this one?
1: You know, I, I think we've got to, uh, you know, really look to to trying to catch Bayern. I mean, Wolfsburg just looks like a, a juggernaut from from the, the little I've seen um, and, and looking at the the stats there. So I, I think focusing on, on getting into that second place um, and, and obviously yeah. beating Wolfsburg and Bayern when we play them is, is really our, our best shot because they, you know, look to uh, probably destroy everyone else they play. I, I think we're probably one of the only ones that, that can beat those two teams.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, we got to tighten up the defense, too. I mean, the practical statistical analysis, Wolfsburg, 35 goals, for, 5 against. Bayern, 26-4, 3 against. Uh, we're sitting on 13 goals against. And, you know, that's just not acceptable if you're going to be in that top tier where we don't have to go through the Champions League qualification round um, to go straight, straight into uh, the matches that matter, so to say, you got to finish second. And I agree with you. First is out of place, but second is still possible. Um, matches coming up after, of course, my computer just loves me today. Um, after the restart, uh, Moppin and then Byron on February 11th. Uh, that will be at Byron. So we're going to know pretty quick whether we're contenders for two or we're not.
2: Jason? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you guys have covered it pretty well. Yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, there's a lot to break down there. We're going to get into some more, uh, frown talk as their restart gets a little closer and some look at, at, um, where we are as far as depth, because there's a transfer window in play there as well. Um, but another team that we cover here, the SKA two, uh, three point lead in the Hessian Liga, um, the next match is not until late February. Uh, uh, Miles, where are you uh, with the second team? I know this is a point where where I argue we're still trying to figure out a balance between develop from within or sign from the outside. Um, you're a little more analytical than I am. Is this second team something that, that we can rely on or we wait and see?
1: You know, it's, I think it'll be tough there. Their, their form is, has been really good lately. They've got, um, FC geese and, um, I think what three points behind them, but those two play on, uh, March 4th, which is, I think the second game back. So that'll be, you know, another good, uh, look at, um, how how are they going to uh, perform there? You know, kind of going out, but um, it, it would certainly be great. You know, I think for us, we and we have the opportunity in this first year to to get promoted um, to regional Liga. So I, I think they're they're right there, but it, it won't be easy.
0: Now let's get to the business at hand this week as I pour the next drink here. Eintracht Frankfurt, Schalke, Saturday. We are looking in the United States. That is a 9.30 start time. We're back to the early ones. (laughs) The the Sunday ones for a while were nice, but I don't like watching from work. I actually get to enjoy the Saturday ones, 9.30 Eastern time, 6.30 Pacific, where I know Roman's going to be up and at it early, checking that one out. Uh, Guys, it's league play, but it's the bottom of the table are we gonna get caught on this one? Um, let's go over some analysis here. What do you guys think, uh, Jason? Should I fear Shelka?
2: No, <laughs> just, <laughs> just just no. Um, the best commentator
0: I mean, in the business.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they had. I mean, they beat Mainz one nothing before the break, but other than that, they've just been a mess. Um, and I know they're struggling with a lot of injuries right now. Um, you know, the, yeah, the, you know the, the one player that we should probably be taking a look at is Drexler, um, who's got uh, what, two goals and three assists. Um, they got, you know, Tirota, um, who's got three goals, but that's it. Um, and I know that over the break, I think what the coach was looking at, Drexler, is possibly, you know, he's more of an attacking midfielder. Um, but with the injuries, I think the coach was look. I saw an article. The coach was thinking about playing him somewhere around that holding midfield which would actually be better for us if he's not up there making the plays. So I I don't think we have anything to fear.
0: What do you think, Miles? Am I crazy for just thinking this is Bocam all over again?
1: (laughs) No, I've got the pit in my stomach. I I don't want to be uh, pessimistic. I I think we'll get the win, but I think it's going to be, um, you know, a little bit bit harder than – then, then we hope um, so um, it, it's definitely one of those things. Anytime you go in against one of these bottom teams we, with our team, you just kind of go uh, diva. Don't show up, please. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's what I'm always worried about. But but I think at the end of the day, we, we've got this one. Um, Shulka's offense is just not not there.
0: Yeah, uh, for me. I mean, it's as simple as we're averaging more than two goals a match. They're well under one. Um, mm-hmm. I think the question will be, is our, is our defense together, but that's always been the question and is for as much as we've questioned it, uh, for several months now, they've proven that, you know, they're where they need to be, uh, defensively, our stats are, are up there, not necessarily on the goals against line. Cause we're Frankfurt and, you know, we give everyone a one zero lead to start every match, but, uh, our pass interception rate is the second highest in the bundesliga our clearance rate is pretty high uh slightly we're at sixth on clearances so love it or hate it it's not always pretty i think our defense is fine and this should be a solid test match uh predictions is anyone going to be stupid enough to give it the chris in detroit clean sheet what do you think Miles?
1: You know, I I really wanted to uh, to call this a two nothing, but I'm going to go with a two one. Um, it's going to scare us a little bit, but I, I think we're going to win it two one.
0: <laughs> you want to go with that clean sheet? You just I need someone else to do it. So
1: I you mean- know, I was a goalie in hockey, so I, I can't I can't say the you know I can't really say the word. It'll it'll uh, screw me up. So we always had to say what goose egg.
0: <laughs> what about you, Jason? Where's your mind at on a prediction here?
2: I am actually with Miles, a two-one. I just think that we're gonna we shutouts aren't necessarily our, our cup of tea. Um, but we'd managed to to squeak them out when we need to, and I think that we're gonna continue our form. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm with you. We're not gonna keep the clean sheet. We're gonna allow one. Uh but I think our offense is going to come out absolutely on fire. I think Jesper Lindstrom is, I mean, he's already had a breakout kind of year, but I think he's about to take it to a next level. I'm seeing a confidence from him that I really think is going to take him there. And Kolo Muani, until further notice, I don't think there's a better player in the Bundesliga right now, at least not a hotter player, not a, a bigger contributor for his side. I think we're going to run them out of the building with a 4-1 to one score. Uh, if not, maybe a couple more that should go in and you know, because accidents happen, we miss a couple chips or maybe you know, open headers that just go wide or something. But I think it's four one going away. Um, but I could also see it where you guys are a little less because it takes time to warm up. Uh, it's it's not like this was the traditional three week break. This is a solid, Nearly two month window where guys have been training. We had a good camp. Um, one major injury out of it, but there's a lot to play for, and I think OG and the staff has them prepared for it. Um, any last minute thought? Last minute thoughts on the Bundesliga this week, Miles, or uh, coming up shortly that you think needs attention? What's on your radar?
1: Yeah, well, only thing I think we, we missed today was the uh, the new rumor about Jens Peterhauga, who's out on loan with uh, Ghent. Um, word is on the street is that they are canceling his loan early, um, and there's rumors that he might be headed to Schalke, so let's hope that's after, <laughs> we, um, after we play him. <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, I don't know how to feel about that, because I kind of never anticipated seeing him back with us um but i don't necessarily want him going in the league either we tend to like to let guys run over us when they play us uh with a new team
1: yeah hopefully you know i'm hoping maybe he comes in after we play them and then we've only got them what once once more and he can help uh help beat all the other teams we 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 need to beat so there you go
0: (laughs) jason any last thoughts from you
2: uh, just the rumors about Glasner himself um, and being looked at by other clubs, especially Chelsea. Um, I know they've been talking about, uh, you know, there, there's rumors there that Chelsea are looking at them. Um, but I think the last I read was that uh, he and Crusher decided to sort of just wait until the end of the season um, to sort of talk about any the future.
0: What do you think the vibe is between those two? I mean, we don't have any inside knowledge here. Contrary to what a couple people have asked me, we don't, we don't have anyone feeding us anything. This is fan run and we get all of our information from the same sources. Everyone else does, uh, Twitter and all the, the useless, uh, publications out there, Jason, it, do you sense any reason that, you know, OG might want to try something else or go bigger? He seems pretty comfortable here. I think he took a chance on us, um, when he didn't have to, obviously, he had a situation in Wolfsburg that was very toxic. I hope the environment is warm in Frankfurt, but we're such a, a closed-door club. Um, how do you feel this situation is playing
2: out? Well, I mean, speaking of toxic situations, Chelsea is definitely no, you know, like the grass, <laughs> not greener over there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, So I can't imagine he would want to actually give up a club where he's had just tremendous success, where he could lead them on. You know, he could, you know, I don't want to. I mean, Christian Schreik from Freiburg, I think, is my example here. You know, a guy who's been in the club for years and years and years. I would love to see Glasner stick around for a while and really build the club and the team to, you know, just every year we're top four. Yeah.
0: I mean, Glasner inherited a aging team. Um, with some major question marks, and him and Crochet together have put silverware on the table in the first eighteen months, and that's not. I mean, we were sitting here. I remember sitting at this desk discussing um, when Addie Hooter left, just how we could recover from that, and then a handful of front office moves. Um, and departures over the last couple of years saying, how do we recover from this? Somehow we figured it out. And I think if these two get along, they really have this idea of, of one is tactical minded, the other is business minded, and they've done a really good job of mirroring their expertise in a way that puts a really good product out there. And one that compete literally can compete in every competition we play. So, I want to see where this goes. Um, I hope those rumors strictly stay rumors. And, um, you know, if anyone from the front office is listening, still trying to give you that (laughs) membership money, because you know, it would help keep Oliver Glassner here a bigger contract. So take my membership money, put that little visa link up on your website and I'm going to stop before, you know, I say too much, but (laughs) shit, take my damn membership money. (laughs) <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop before I cause trouble for Brian and our emails explode. Um <laughs> we really appreciate you listening. I kind of rambled on a bit in this one, episode 250, but uh it's fun. New year, new panel, new thoughts. Uh we're going to have Brian back soon. We'll get Nathan back in the mix soon. Nobody's left. We're all here, but you know, we all got things to do too. We're all doing a lot of work in the background to support the greatest fan run podcast in Germany. So uh, we appreciate everybody that listens. Please check out our social media pages, Twitter on Twitter at H E F pod on Instagram at Hey on Frankfurt, www.halfpod.com. Send us your prediction. If you make a perfect prediction for the game, you'll be entered into the pool for a HeFpod merchandise prize pack. I have four of them sitting on the chair ready to go. I'll probably send out two this weekend um, for anyone that picks a perfect score. We need to get that store up then. (laughs) All right. It's been fun. Um, Miles, where can we find you in the social media landscape?
1: Uh, You can find me on on Twitter, mostly uh, surrounding Eintracht Frankfurt at Miles, M-I-L-E-S, E-A-K-I-N-S. Jason, how about you?
2: Uh, Also on Twitter at Jason L. Canole.
0: Awesome. And of course, everyone's welcome to our Discord chat. Uh, The link is in our Twitter bio. We'll make sure that we update that uh, and send it out uh, 24-7 on track Frankfurt chat. A little bit of beer chat in there today. Some travel chat coming up. I want to shout out our friends at EFC Carolinas. Uh, Just came on board our Discord chat. Uh, Doing good things, spreading the word of Track down in the Carolinas, where the club has made inroads with the Carolina Panthers of the National Football League. So lots of Americans getting on board and American companies and and brands getting on board. So get in before it's cool, because, you know, when you're in before it's cool, you can say, hey, I was there when pretty soon everyone's going to know who we are and then it won't be cool anymore. You'll just be, you know, riding the, the fun bus and joining Joining a little bit too late, but get on board now, and uh, we will talk to you next week uh, with episode 251. Until then, enjoy the match this weekend. (laughs) Cheers. Qualify for Champions League by finishing top four.